Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. The series we're doing at the moment called Fearless. It's, it's going to be the last um, part of this series this morning. I've been praying for God to show me how to finish this series because it feels like all those Old Testament characters we've looked at have had great richness and great, great characters and, and great challenges and, uh, and and I feel like there's two things I really want to just focus on this morning. Now, I've got a heap of scripture. I'm not going to apologize for that, but what I've decided to do is do a handout. So if you want to grab a handout, they're going to pass them around. If you want them, great, grab it. If you don't, that's fine. Um, but there's a heap of scripture in here. And I, I couldn't, <laughs> I tried to drop a bit out, but it seemed like God wouldn't let me. So, uh, so there's two things I particularly want to focus in on this morning. And uh, so just hand those around and, and you can have a look at those as we go through the scriptures. And uh, you don't have to write every single verse down on the way through. The core scripture for this this um, series is, is 2 Timothy 1.7. It just it simply says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. And we really haven't broken that down at all in the process of this series. We've always done it through the Old Testament characters. This morning, I really felt to start by breaking that down just a little bit for us. You know, and many of us have got fears, you know. Um, for some of us, it's, it's public speaking. You know, for others, it's spiders. I know my wife hates spiders. Um, snakes, um, you know fear of dying, um, there's all sorts of phobias that we've got that can develop out of our fears. And, uh, and so I, I think it's a great thing to be talking about in church. But what is this spirit of fear that Paul is talking about in this scripture? You know, Satan is our enemy and he's the master of using our own fears and blowing them out of proportion so that they, they distract us, they take us off their path in our lives. And... Uh, and there's a couple of things I want to show you this morning about this, how he uses the spirit of fear to do. The first one, he can make our lives miserable. Truly, if we live in fear, he can make our lives miserable. And, uh, and to be truthful, I've been in a season of that where just I lost my joy. I just lost everything. It was hard work. It was just felt like you're pushing the whole time and... and uh, and you just feel miserable because you, just, you lose your joy in that, that season. And, uh, and there's a, a little example I've got of that, of that here this morning. And, and there was a lady who, was, who died in 1916 named Hetty Green. And she was called America's greatest miser. <laughs> when she died in 1916, so it was a little while ago, but she left, this is 1916, think, think about this. She left an estate valued at $100 million dollars. She was so miserly that she ate cold porridge every morning for breakfast because she couldn't have, she didn't want to pay for the hot water to heat up the, the porridge. Her son had a, a severe leg injury and she took so long to find a free clinic to take him to that eventually his leg was amputated. He lost his leg because of an advanced um, infection. She was so worried about losing her money, her wealth, that she just didn't enjoy
too. Um, I'm not sure where I got up to there, but, uh, <laughs> but she was so worried about losing her wealth and her money that basically she didn't enjoy life. And I believe it can be the same for us. You know, I know each one of us has got stresses and strains and fears about our lives. And basically, you know, we can be so concerned about losing our job, protecting our money, um, uh, our, our wealth, uh, that we, we forget to enjoy our lives. And, and I know for some people, they're so concerned about their marriage, for instance, they forget to get close in their marriages. That they're so concerned about losing that relationship. They won't even trust getting close in those sorts of, of uh, relationships. You, you know there are people that are just warriors. They just worry about everything. Not warriors, warriors. And, uh, and they're usually miserable, you know? that They're so consumed and so distracted and so, so out of shape. And they're just miserable most of the time. Do you need to change this or is that right? No? Okay. The other thing that the enemy seems to do is make us ineffective. He paralyzes us. He makes us get stuck, you know, and, uh, and I think there's a few things he uses, some fears that he uses, our past sins and our guilt and our shame, you know. Often uh, he'll use that to paralyze us and say, and we'll often be, be hearing things like, you know, you don't deserve that. You know what you've done. You know what you've done in your past. You, you, you know who you are. And, and it's guilt and shame will hold us back. Another thing is, is perhaps fear of the future. You know, and we worry about our money and our, our jobs and, 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 and it can keep us in a poverty cycle. Do you know that? It's funny we become so focused on that, but it actually could keep us in a poverty cycle. Because we're so fearful about risking anything, we stay stuck in our lives. There's never enough. And, and these are some of the themes we've used throughout those Old Testament preachings that we've had, you know, never enough, uh, getting stuck, fear of failure. It's one of the most debilitating uh, uh, things that we can be a part of. You know, when we get consumed by that, when we get uh, uh, held up by that, stuck by that, it can, it can actually turn into uh, a real um, bondage in our lives. And, and basically it can actually lead to, that, that fear can actually lead to a lot of, and I've just done some reading on this this week into a lot of addictions. A lot of addictions have been, the face of that is uh, fear of failure and, and basically lead into all sorts of addictions, alcohol, drugs, pornography, all sorts of stuff that can lead into. Now, you know, I'm giving you the simplified version of this, of course. Um, fear of criticism can get us stuck and feeling really hopeless and weak and, and disempowered and, and, and you know, overwhelmed sometimes. And we can lose our way. Our human frailties, you know, things like worry and sickness and disease and death can keep us paralyzed in our lives. And the enemy uses those things in our lives to, to make them bigger than they should be. And, and have you recognized any of those fears in your life, just as I've quickly done a list there? Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God hasn't given us. That's not from God. That's either a natural thing and the enemy likes to enhance that in our lives. But God has given us three gifts. He's given us three things here this morning. I just want to look at first. Spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, what does that mean to each one of us? So, and this is where I'm going to give you a lot of scripture and, and I don't apologize for that, but just, 
just try and get what I'm trying to say out of it in the midst of the scripture as well and let God speak to you through this. You know, um, three gifts he's going to give us. He gives us to overcome fear. The gift of power. And, and this is through Jesus. You know, he, he gives us whatever we need to do, what he calls us to do. You know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means God, anything God wants you to do, he'll empower you and position you and equip you to do that thing. It's not because of who you are, but because of who God is. First one's power to be saved. You know, John 1.12, it says this, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, and some versions say the power, to become children of God. Second one is power to be a witness for him, Acts one eight. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. God gives us power by his Holy Spirit. He fills us with his Holy Spirit to empower us in our lives so we can be a witness for him. Third one's power to be joyful, Romans 15.13. I love this scripture. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Fourth one is power to make you a strong believer. Romans uh, 16.25. Now to him who is able, again that same word power, to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. And the fifth one there, power to endure trials. 2 Corinthians 12.9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, I haven't got time to break all those down for you this morning, but, but just, I just want to get them into your spirit this morning. You know, and if something jumps out of you, it, the, the process is reading that, hearing that, um, seeing those, those scriptures, you need to focus in for you. Because there's fears that we have in our lives and then there's the God scripture that we quote into those fears. And if you're trusting him, leaning on him, drawing near, believing in the one who has the power, he will give you the power you need to do that. The second gift is the gift of love. I'm moving really quickly and I hope, forgive me, but I'm I'm not going to dwell too long on anything here this morning. At first glance, it doesn't look like love could be effective in conquering fear. But in 1 John 4... 18, it says this, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. There's no condemnation in Christ. If we are, if we can receive the perfect love of God, it'll help drive out that fear. So that the enemy wants us to live in that fear, in that place of fear. But that's not God. That's not the spirit of God. This is how it works. And, and, you know, there's three things I'm going to look at under this this love God, love people, love life. And it might seem a little familiar to you. That's part of our mission statement here. And the first one's love God. You know, look, the more we love God, the less we fear in our lives. You know, it, it's actually about we've got limited capacity in us. And if we love more of God, we'll fear less. I'm telling you, it's the way it works. It's a matter of trust. And when we realize God takes care of us, it conquers our fears. You know, my kids um, didn't have to worry about where they were getting something to eat when they grew up. You know, uh, all those years I provided for them. You know, we provided meals for them. The fridge was always had food in it. And, and they didn't have to worry about that. They knew that I loved them. And, and because they, they knew I would provide for them. And, and they were never afraid about that 
that particular thing. And, and that's why Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God works in all things. You know, even your fear, he works, he'll work that for good if you love him and allow him to love you. We've got to trust in that. His love for us, not against us. God will conquer those fears for us if we let him. Another aspect is love people. And, uh, and the more we love others, the less we fear in our lives. I know that doesn't make very much sense, but it's the truth. I've seen it too many times to dispute it. The more we love other people, the less we fear in our lives. It's the people, no, I can't say it that way. It's often when we are so focused on ourselves, we let fear dominate our lives. We become fearful instead of fearless. And when we get our eyes off ourselves and on other people, on God and then other people, that's the time we start to break clear of our, our, our fear. And that's when we start to step into faith. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Our faith will increase as our love increases for each other. And it's our love for other people causes us to want to witness to people, to share Jesus with them, to help them, to pray for them, to, to, to be whatever we can in their lives to help them out. And, and, our, and we'll overcome our fears as we step into that. The third one in this, this part is love life. And I love these scriptures. Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity and honor. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity and honor. And in Deuteronomy 30, 19, and again, this is another great scripture. And it's God speaking here. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And it continues on after that. The Lord is your life. You see, we have this gift of power. It's from God. We have this gift of love from God. And the third one in, in that scripture is a gift of sound mind. A gift of sound mind. And most of the time our destructive fears are establishing and the result of wrong thinking. Bad, like just negative thinking. Not, not godly focused thinking. We have to align our thinking with the word of God. That's what this is for. We read it. We, we meditate it. We digest it. We, we think about it. We consider it. We just... We, we, we allow it into our spirits, into our minds to start to align our minds with the word of God. You know, and when we get saved, when we make a decision to follow Jesus, um, it, we start to be transformed, you know, and we start to be, we begin, begin to trust in God and our mind starts to become renewed and our spirit gets, uh, comes alive in us. And we start thinking differently. And, and, but we have to be proactive about that church, you know. If, if we just let that sit, if we, just, if we leave that alone, we will sink back to our old ways, our old thinking. We won't be actually stepping into what God would want us to be doing and thinking. We'd step into the old ways. It's just so easy. It just happens. And, and it needs to be a daily battle on our behalf. You know, Romans 12 too. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, 
pleasing and perfect will. You see, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds daily. That's why it's so important to read our Bibles. You know, it's not just, it's not words. It's not information, it's revelation. It, it helps align our thinking with the Word of God. And that's why it's so important, just to get into the Word. You know, in my way of thinking, I might be really fearful and concerned about my finances. But if I trust in God and accept His way of thinking, I trust that He'll take care of me, like in Luke twelve twenty-eight. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? <laughs> if I'm afraid of dying or sickness or, or illness or, or any of those things, that fear is calmed by knowing and praying these sorts of scriptures. Psalm 23, you know, and I won't read it all, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, we've just got to counteract that fear with the Word of God. We've got to speak it out. We've got to pray it in. We've got to put it into our minds, transform our minds, be renewed. And, uh, and I think when we think biblically, we have a sound mind. See, so God has given us three gifts to overcome. And I've got through that really quickly, which is great, because I, I just wanted to, to process that a little bit this morning before I get to this next part. And this next um, uh, scripture is, is a, a message I heard a, a few months ago, and it just really affected me. And I thought, this is a brilliant message to bring. It wasn't this for this application, but it was a brilliant message to bring for the end of this series. <clears throat> and it is an obscure scripture. It might take a little while to find it. Genesis 1. So if you want to open your Bibles there, um, that, that's right at the front of your Bible if you're really unfamiliar with that. It's right at the front there. So we're going to read the, the creation account just quickly. Genesis 1, verses 1 to 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. You see, in the beginning, God created. We serve a creative God. And and I don't know about you, but I I love that God created everything we see. you know, you can just see it in, in nature. When you get outside and you get out on a, well, in any day, but, but particularly on a, a, a nice sunny day when you get out near the water and you, you, you see the, 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 the birds and the fish and the whales and the dolphins and you just go, my goodness, this is amazing. You're just in awe of, of God's creation. You know, here's something I did want to say. I don't know if I get it far enough ahead to say this. When you're witnessing to people, don't let creation or the way creation happened be a, a sticking point with people. Um, I've seen it many times where, where I mean, our, the way the schools educate now, it's all about evolution. It's like, as far as they're concerned, it's a done deal. There's no options. And, and people um, can get stuck on that if we allow them. 
what we've got to do is focus on more important things, on Jesus Christ, on love, on joy, on peace, you know, on the gospel. And, and, and let the Holy Spirit take care of the whole creation account. It doesn't matter whether we, we take it as a literal account, a symbolic account. Uh, all we need to know is that God was involved in creation. You see, if we, we take that point of view, it covers all those things. And, and don't get caught on the semantics of it. You know, look, because I've, I've, I've been talking to people from time to time and they get stuck on this stuff. And you go, well, you know, just the Bible says God created the world in, you know, in six days. And, and they go, well, what do you mean? But like we evolved. We evolved out of those little things in the mud and, and you know, and they became monkeys and became us. And you go, how do you believe that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a greater fantasy to believe that than, than consider what God would say in his word. And, and, but don't make that a sticking point, okay? Well, that's what I'm trying to say to you this morning. Don't get stuck on that. Let them believe whatever they believe, but also start to share the gospel, the good news, Jesus Christ, his love, his joy, his peace, the Holy Spirit. Start to talk about that sort of stuff. Anyway, that was just a side thing. He, notice what this verse says next. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface. It sounds to me like they weren't in a great place right there. There was difficult circumstances. It was dark, empty, formless. And, and for many of us, those words would evoke a sense of fear. It was a fearful situation, dark, empty, formless. And, and maybe in your life you've had periods of that, darkness, emptiness, formless. I think we all have at some stage or other. So how do we move from darkness to light, from emptiness to fullness, from formless to life-giving, from fearful to fearless? How do we change our world? How do we do that? And I've got four principles here out of the Word this morning. And uh, we're just going to share these with you. We're going to pray at the end because I, I want to do something spe- specific at the end. The first one is, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the water. The Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And, and it's that connection point. That word, and. You see, there's too many people that get stuck and forget there is an and. And the Spirit of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit has got something more for you. And we just think it's and full stop. No, there's more for each one of us. There's a connection to the future when we believe we have got a God who who loves us, that, that gives us a spirit of power and love and, and a, a sound mind. There's a bridge to something better. And, and I know what darkness looks like. I, I know how that feels. I know you feel like there's not an end. You feel like it's a full stop. That's the end. But I'm telling you, persevere. And the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God. He will bring light to your darkness. He'll bring fullness where you're feeling empty. He'll bring a greater fullness than that formlessness. He will. You see, the Holy Spirit was active here in this, the second verse of the Bible. And he's active in our lives if we recognize him, if we allow him. And he never produces a spirit of fear. It's not God. If you've got a spirit of fear, you can guarantee that's not God. And I know that sometimes we can feel like it in tough times, that God's not with us. Where are you, Holy Spirit? Where are you? And, and I think the word hovering demonstrates it. Hovering demonstrates that really well. And it's a Hebrew word, 
and I know I'm not going to pronounce it right, but I think it's rakhaf, something like that. And uh, it's meaning to hover as a bird hovering and brooding over its young. And it's the same word used in Deuteronomy 32.11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, a mother eagle stirs up the nest and hovers over its young and spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. It's like the Holy Spirit's like that. He hovers over us, in us, and, and, and he won't let us go through them more than we can cope with. He'll be there. He'll be there to scoop us up. He'll be there to, to do what only he can do. He's not distant and detached. He's hovering us and he's ready to catch us if we fail, fall or fail. You know, David asked in Psalm 139, where do I go from your spirit? And the answer is there's nowhere you can go. If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. The Holy Spirit doesn't ever leave us. He's with us always. He's a person and he's with you and me all the time. No matter how we feel about that, he hovers where we are. He intercedes for us. He intercedes for us. Do you know that? The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Romans 8, 28. He helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The Holy Spirit will pray through you if you let him. And I know for some of you this isn't making any sense of here this morning at all. I'm just trying to give you a sense of what the Spirit wants to do in your life. If you are experiencing fear in your life, the Holy Spirit is there for you. He is hovering. He is waiting for you to ask him into your circumstances. No matter how dark, and formless and empty it feels. He's there. The first thing we have to do is connect with the Holy Spirit. The second thing, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, we're made in the image of God, okay, and we're made with the same God-given potential and ability to speak so we can change our world. Man is the only living creature that's created this way, with speech. And your tongue and your mouth... Listen to this, because this is so profound. Your tongue and your mouth are part of the solution to your need. Your tongue and your mouth are part of the solution to your miracle. Don't miss that. See, God said, and he spoke, light into the darkness. Let there be light, and there was light. And, And we have the same potential. And what are you speaking into your life right now? What is the thing that you are speaking into your, your circumstances, into your relationships, into your family, into to your finances? Uh, what, what are you speaking into? Because I'm telling you, that's what you'll create. Start speaking light into your darkness, whatever that is, and things will change. You know, I heard this great story in this preaching too, and, and I looked, I've got the book now, and it's, it's a lady... Joel Osteen's mum, Dodie Osteen, and you might know Joel Osteen from the States, got a huge church. And she wrote this book, Healed from Cancer. And she gives 40 scriptures on healing in this particular book. And uh, when she was about 40, I think, it's about 38 years ago, uh, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer of the liver. And um, the doctors only gave her a few weeks to live. And basically... They sent her home. They said, well, there's no treatment we can really do on you and there's no point being in hospital, so you may as well go home. And she's a pretty determined sort of lady, apparently, and uh, she went home and said, I'm not going to die. I'm going to get God's word into me. 
So she looked up 40 healing scriptures and she wrote them down. And she started to speak them every day of her life. She'd read them, she'd speak them, she'd pray about them, and she started to speak those, those scriptures into her cancer, into her life. And uh, a few weeks later, she started to feel, when she should have been dying, dead, she started to feel, oh, I'm feeling okay. In a few months, she started doing stuff around the house and started you know, vacuuming and all that sort of stuff. And the husband's going, what are you doing? You should be in bed. And she said, no, I'm feeling good. She, didn't, she never went back to the doctors. So a few years later, she went back to the doctors. And the doctors confirmed exactly what she knew. She was healed of cancer. And how did that happen? She prayed God's word, light into her darkness. She prayed health into her sickness. She prayed healing into death. And, and here's the thing. We, here's the hard thing. Not everyone's healed, are they? We know that. Not everyone's healed. We don't know why. But we've still got to pray. We've still got to do what God, God, God instructs us to do. We've still got to take the offensive on this. We've got to be proactive in this process and start speaking the word of God and start speaking the light into our darkness. No, no matter what our darkness is, it doesn't matter. Start speaking God's promises into those dark places, into your emptiness, into the formlessness. Start speaking the positive word of God into that and let God take care of the rest. You know, you see, even the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, wasn't healed of his affliction. We don't know why. We don't know why. He prayed for healing, but we don't know why he wasn't healed. Speak the word of God, the light of God's word into your darkness. The third thing, verse 4. God saw that light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Now, this is really significant. It doesn't sound significant, but I'm telling you it is. He separated light from darkness. And maybe here this morning, you've got some darkness in your life. Maybe there's some stuff going on. There's just dark stuff, you know, and, and you know it's not right. Here's the time to draw a line in the sand and go, you know what? I know that's dark and I'm going to keep back from that line from now on. Maybe you've been compromising in an area of life. And it might only be a small compromise, but I'm telling you, no compromise is what God wants for you. And the enemy would love to use that. You know, he'd love to enhance that and make it more than it is. We need to take authority of that in the name of Jesus. And I want to talk about that in a second. I'm running out of time quickly, but, and I've been moving quickly, I think. But uh, um, it seems like a small thing, but it's a huge thing. We need to separate the light from the darkness in our life. And if there's stuff you're doing that you know is dark, you need to stop doing that from this point forward, put it on the name of Jesus Christ, the authority of Jesus Christ, and go, I will not do that anymore. And I'll show you how to do that in a minute. We have to separate the light from the darkness in our lives. You know, it might only be little things. It might be an integrity issue. It might be, it might be a lie. It might be, a, uh, it might be something that you, that's just been enhanced in your life and you go, I'm just compromising in that area. 2 Corinthians 6.14. What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Separate the light from the darkness in your life. That's how we change our world every day. That's how we turn fearful into fearless. That's how we turn, you know, we turn emptiness into fullness. Every day we've got to shine the light of God into those dark areas. 
See, the, the enemy just loves to twist and blame and, make, and turn it back in the dark. We need to make a stand. And the fourth thing, and this is the main thing I, I wanted to get to, in verse 26, so it's on a little bit further, verse 26, and it says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. You see, man is made in God's image. That's, that's man and woman. And we are made in God's image as rulers over the earth. We have authority and dominion over the earth. That's, that was what was originally designed for us. Now, we went through the fall, of course, and Satan took back that rulership and that authority. He took it away from us, uh, and we forfeited it through sin. And, and Jesus doesn't dispute that. It, you know, after he's been tempted 40 days, uh, Satan says, I've been given all authority and splendor on the earth, and I can give it to you if you worship me. He's trying to tempt him. And, and Jesus doesn't dispute that. So, so that's, that's the case. But you see, the good news is, the truth is, when Jesus died on the cross, he took upon himself the sin of the world. Get this. This is the core of the gospel. He took upon himself the sin of the world, our sin, people that didn't deserve it, that didn't know him, that persecuted him. He took upon the sin of the world, and through his resurrection, Jesus started the process of resuming the authority in his name. Get this, this is so key. Regaining man's authority in all mankind. Now we have the privilege as Christians to live in that victory. You see, we are living in victory, but sometimes we just don't know that we are. Sometimes we just need a wake-up call and go, hey, what is going on? I'm, I'm living a life of compromise. I'm living a life of fear. I'm living a life distracted. I'm living a life consumed by wealth or poverty or, or whatever that looks like for you. We need to live our lives focused on God, on the Word of God, to, to let the Holy Spirit lead us in that. The root word for that, that word rule or, or dominion in some versions, it talks about the foot. It's about the tread of the foot, having that under your foot. And, you know, and there's many examples of that. Joshua 1.8, um, God says, I'll give you every place you set your foot. You know, um, Luke 10.19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That's Jesus speaking there, you know. And, and Joshua 10, it, it's... Joshua prays for the sun to stop and, and he, they're in a war and it stops for 24 hours and, and then he goes and chases the five kings and, and they, they're in a cave and he comes back to them and he, he gets his, his army, his um, officers to, to put their foot on the necks of those five kings. Represents authority, dominion, to rule over. And basically... He's showing that in that process. And, and to finish off this morning, <laughs> sorry I've been bombarding you a little bit, but uh, I like to meander a little bit more than that normally. But, but I just felt this, this is, just had it in me this morning. just felt a conviction and, and, and just a real, I don't know, just really need to, to, to share this, this two aspects here this morning. And there's five things we talked about at the start of the service. Guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, we don't have to feel that guilt and shame anymore. 
disease and sickness. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. See, they're the scriptures we need to get into our spirit. If you're dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with disease, if you're dealing, you know, if you've got a fear of death, start getting these scriptures into your spirit. Spirit of bondage, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. For the Son has made free, you're free indeed. There is freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. Weakness and helplessness. 2 Corinthians 12.10. When I am weak, then I am strong. And, and poverty was another one we talked about. Proverbs 10.6. Blessings crown the head of the righteousness. And, and it's already been said this morning, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. When we get our eyes off ourselves sometime, and we, when we start following the biblical principles that we've got, I'm telling you, God's blessing's there. I'm telling you it is. This morning, I'll, I'll, I'm going to finish with a prayer. And, and I, again, I saw this, heard this done on, on this particular scripture. And, and actually, Ben, you can stay. You don't have to go up on stage. I want you to be involved in this too. I want everyone to stand their feet. Let's only take a second. But this morning, if you've been challenged in any area there, if you've identified any area there in your fears, in your compromise, any situations, disease or sickness, um, uh, if you felt like you're in bondage, like you've been a captive, made captive by uh, an addiction, alcohol, drugs, pornography, uh, wh- whatever that is. It doesn't matter what it is. It's immaterial what it is. It's the same deal. We can take authority of that. Maybe you're feeling really weak and overwhelmed at the moment. Maybe there's a, a cycle of poverty in, in your life, in your, in your family, and there never seems to be enough. And you don't know why, but there never seems to be enough. Well, this morning, symbolically, I want you to do something. I know this seems a little weird, but it's not that weird. I mean, if I told us you to do it outside, you wouldn't be weirded out by it. But, but all I want you to do is really put your foot on the head of that thing that is holding you back, that's keeping you weak, that's keeping you bound up, that's keeping you back from what God would want for you. All I want you to do is just to put your foot on that thing as we pray. And, and I, you know what it is for you. I don't know what it is for you. But I'm going to start praying, and I want you to symbolically see this isn't, there's no ritual here, there's no formula here. I just know our foot is connected to the authority of God. It's the rule, it's the minion thing. And all I want you to do is just to put your foot on the head of that thing that's holding you back. Is that okay? All right? You're looking at me a bit strangely here, but uh, we close our eyes so we won't see you do it anyway, so no one will know you've done it, so it's all right. So, you ready? Let's do it, hey? You ready for it? The Word of God, let's pray and ask for God to move here this morning. You see, I'm expecting miracles here this morning. I'm expecting people to be breaking free of stuff here this morning. So come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you that, that we can worship you, God, that we can praise your name, Lord, that we can, we can know you, Lord, that you, the creator of the universe, we can be in relationship with you. 
intimate relationship with you, Lord. And this morning, God, we've been talking about that spirit of fear. God, we know that you give us a, a spirit of uh, a gift of power, of love, and of, of, of you know that our minds, God, to control our minds. And this this morning, Lord, we want to take control of that thing that's been holding us back, Lord. And whether it's guilt and shame, or whether it's sickness or disease, or whether it's, it's something that's bound us up, or it's weakness, or it's poverty, or whatever it looks like, God, we are going to take a stand this morning. And we're actually going to put our foot on the head of that thing that is holding us back from you, Lord. God, we want to live in your fullness, not in the emptiness, God. We want to live in the light, not the darkness, Lord. And so this morning, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, we declare you as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, creator of the universe, and we know that all things is possible through you, Lord. And this morning, we want to take captive that thing that is holding us back, God. We want to rule that thing instead of that thing rule us. We want to have authority over that thing rather than that thing have authority over us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Now, if you haven't done that, I want you to put your foot down right now. Let's come on, let's squash that thing, that fear, that thing that's holding us back. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is done. It is done. We have taken authority over that thing. It is finished. Lord, I pray there are miracles here this morning. I pray that there is healing started right now, that people are are getting that release of of what only you can bring into their lives, God. We declare that in your name, in the name that is above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I just want to stick a video on, and I know we've gone over way over time. And if you need to go, there's coffee and tea at the back. You're very welcome to go. But if you want prayer... Because I know for some of you now, you're going, that was nice. Put a foot down. Nothing's changed. Maybe you need someone to pray with you. Specific prayer. Maybe for you, it's a spiritual decision. You go, you know, I've never even asked this Jesus into my heart. And I need to do that. And I want you to be really bold as this thing starts. You can start that now. As this video starts, I want you to come down the front. And I want to pray for you. I want to lay hands on you. I'll even get the anointing oil if we need that. I'll anoint you with oil. But if there's something you still don't feel is done in your heart, that you haven't broken free of yet, get out here and let's cement it this morning. Let's, let's make sure we dealt with that. Is that okay? If you want to come out the front, please do. We will pray for you. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.